Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O C-O. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Budget Minded Traveler Podcast, Episode 33. Welcome to the Budget Minded Traveler Podcast. Your source for the tips and tactics that will inspire and equip you to travel the world. And the best part? It won't break your bank. And now, the budget-minded traveler herself and your host, Jackie LaLainen. Hey guys, happy 2015. If you are listening to this in the future, this is actually, it's January 9th right now. And this is the first episode I've done in 2015. So hopefully you guys all had a good time reign in the new year and happy holidays to everybody. I actually started the new year with a cold, which is like awesome. Happy new year to me, but um, I'm back and rolling now. So, and we have an awesome guest today. His name is Sam Cornthwaite and he actually ran into him totally randomly. I think we actually connected on Instagram of all places. And it turns out he lives here in Bozeman of all places. And then I saw him in person and we started chatting about traveling and this conversation ensued that was just like, hold on a second. This needs to be, we, we need to talk about this on my podcast. And so, um, we had been talking about just what happens when you fly, you know, and the airlines lose your luggage. And he had, he has been everywhere and used to travel a lot. And so he had a ton of stuff to say. I was like, pause, let's do this on the podcast. So anyway, he is here today to share with us about what to do when the airline loses your luggage. And what I love about this subject is that you don't have to be traveling internationally for this to happen to you. You could literally be traveling across the state or just across the country or whatever it is. But anybody who flies needs to hear the information in this episode. So I'm really happy that we did it because we really got into some good stuff, not just unpacking, so to speak, what happens when the airlines lose your luggage, but also what opportunities can come out of what happens when the airlines overbook flights and they need to bump somebody. So we're going to get into all of that good stuff today. So why don't we just get right into it? Here we go. Hey, Sam, how's it going today? Great. How are you doing today? I am so good. Thanks for asking. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the podcast. I'm really happy to have you here. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. And so you, the reason for this interview slash conversation is because we kind of just started 
you know, chatting about this once and I thought this needs to be on air. Like other people need to hear us talking about this conversation. And so um, so that's why you're here. And uh, again, thanks for being here. And I really so before we get into kind of the meat of it, um, I want to give you a chance to explain to the listeners who you are and uh, where you come from. Absolutely. So my name, again, is Sam Cornthwaite, and I'm the executive director of GoodWorks Orphan Care. We're a Bozeman-based orphan care organization. And uh, that's, you know, one of the great reasons I get to travel is because we do business over in China and then other other places across the globe as well. That is so awesome. And you used to um, travel quite often, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I used to be a speaker and I would go around speaking for different youth organizations. And so I had the opportunity to travel um, usually about 30,000 miles a year, sometimes more and sometimes just a little bit less. Okay, that's awesome. Which is also what gives you such experience in airlines and airports and airlines losing your luggage. (laughs) Absolutely. There's been a time or three of that happening. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Um, I would love for you to tell some of the stories that you have about airlines losing your luggage and what that looks like and how that makes you feel. Absolutely. You know, well, I I think one of the biggest things is I've traveled quite a bit now to where I'm no longer surprised when my luggage was lost. And uh, (laughs) and so it's one of those that, you know, when I find out my luggage was lost, I immediately go into negotiation mode. Um, But, you know, the most I would say the most adventurous story, uh, I was flying over to to China and uh, I I had arrived and I don't normally check a bag when I fly there, but I did this time. And I arrived, and uh, my bag did not. Mm. Um, and I, I'm not sure quite what happened, um, except for I know that instead of being in Beijing, my bag was in beautiful Monterey, California. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I thought it was interesting, and I was like, oh, well, it'll get here tomorrow. And <laughs> so I, I called the next day, and no word. And then the next day, and no word. And uh, six days later, I finally <sighs> heard, oh, we found your bag. Oh, my It's gosh. in Monterey. And we put it on the the soonest plane to Beijing. They didn't even uh, find it for six days? No, they had no (gasps) idea where the bag was. That's, what airline was that? And what year was that? That was on United. um, It was. As much as I hate to fault. Oh, I know. (laughs) But, uh, yep, so that was on United. And and what year uh, was it? um, It would have been 2011. 11, so three years. Okay, maybe let's hope they've gotten better. <laughs> I, You know, I haven't had near as many major experiences since then. So I think they got a little better. You know, so did your bag, fi- how long did it take you to finally get your bag then? So it took seven days for my bag to get there. But, you know, one of the things I, I will say, and, and again, I, I fly United almost exclusively. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the most interesting things about it, though, is, well, yes, it was unfortunate that they lost my bag. Um, United has been the only airline that has worked with me to help basically right their wrongs. Oh. And, uh, and what they ended up doing was they gave me a $650 voucher for basically just the inconvenience of losing that. Plus, wow. they told me to go and purchase clothing, keep my receipt, and then they actually sent me a check um, for the expenditure basically of, of my clothes that I had to buy. This is amazing. Really, like that's customer service. I mean, if you're going to wrong somebody, then you should write it. Absolutely. And and I, you know, I'm a firm believer that United tends to do that more often than other airlines. 
um, whether it's, you know, missing or not necessarily missing a flight, but a canceled flight um, or mm-hmm. losing a bag, I'm, I'm usually pretty expectant that they will do something to make it better. Yeah, I definitely have questions for you about that. But I so one time I was actually tra- traveling to Italy and I was planning on being there for it was open ended. It was a one way ticket. I knew I was moving there. So I had like a suitcase and my backpack and like, I don't even remember what it was, but um, it was with American. I definitely remember that. And when I arrived in Rome, I found out that my bag went to Denver and at least they knew it right then. But still, it took them five days to get the bag to me, which is really surprising. Mm -hmm. Um, But they also didn't offer me anything. And I mean, here I am in Rome, like I'm literally, I can't, like we were, we moved there and tried to find jobs, you know, like we weren't there to spend money. And I was afraid to spend money on clothes because I didn't know if like, I think I had like gotten sick and my brain wasn't functioning right. And I didn't want to look into the insurance and I like kind of didn't want to deal with anything. But American never stepped up. That's my point, you know, like. And so I was literally like washing my clothes in the sink at night and wearing them again the next day. Absolutely. It was not. Yeah, that's not a good situation to be in. So going back to what you said, what well, I really want to know what your steps are. Like the moment you said, the moment you find out, you find out because it happens. Um, mm-hmm. When the airlines lose your luggage, you go into negotiation mode. What does that look like? And what are the steps that you take to like make sure that they're going to pay? Absolutely. Well, I, you know, the number one thing is to always call them. And uh, you can always go up to the customer service desk, but I'll I'll tell you, I have found a lot more use in giving United a call. And so whether it's using Skype, if you're international, or just, you know, using your phone and calling them domestically, Hmm. always call them first. And, uh, you know, definitely register it with the desk. The the ground team is the one who's really going to be making it happen. But letting the people know, basically, it's like starting a timer when you give the phone call. And uh, always be sure to have, you know, a, a mileage plus account or, you know, a one world account, mm-hmm. whatever it is, always have an account. Um, because once you call, when you make a claim, they, they put that in the computer. And so you always want to be immediately getting in contact with the airline um, and letting them know that, A, you're not happy. Um, because it's frustrating. It's a time that, you know, you're supposed to be carefree and sometimes lackadaisical and you're making it really difficult. No um, kidding. Simply because you don't have your suitcase. Mm-hmm. So I would say, number one, always get a hold of the airlines um, on the phone. I, I, when I, I had that experience, I was a, uh, I was a premier member. And so that was really nice. You have the premier line. Yeah. Um, and, and so being able to get a hold of someone stateside is also really important. Um, simply because they care about you. They want to make sure that you're having a good experience. Um, and, and so a lot of times they'll actually just give you a direct line to someone who will basically advocate for you. Okay. Um, so get a hold of the airlines is number one to find someone else to advocate for you. Um, just so you don't constantly have to keep calling. Okay. Um, I one other thing that I did was I would always call once a day just to check up. And again, I wanted to show that I'm in a hurry for my bag, that I want my bag soon. No kidding. So I would definitely call them once a day. 
And, uh, and then once your bag arrives, that's when your real negotiating power comes in. Um, what I found is that for every single day I miss, I expect 100 US dollars. Wow. Um, that's just an expectation. And if they don't make that, I will constantly ask for whoever is above them. So I'll ask for their boss. And then if their boss doesn't do anything, I'll ask for their boss's boss. Wow. Um, but $100 a day is fair, I think. You are good. <laughs> Well, like I said, it's it's been a couple times and it takes some practice. Okay. So why does it not, why does the negotiating not start until you get your bag? Like what, what's the logic there? So first and foremost, you don't want to sell yourself short. So if you agree to $300 and it took mm. six days, um, you're, you're not getting as much as you could get. Um, so I always wait to do the negotiation until you receive the bag. And the other thing is, is that a lot of times, you know, the, the attendants who you're talking to on the phone won't really do a whole lot with you when it comes to negotiation until the bags arrived. Oh. Um, and so they want to make sure that your bag gets to you first and foremost. And then after that, that's when they'll start to think about, okay, how do we write this wrong? Right. Okay. That does make perfect sense. So then how many times have you been able to do this? Um, well, every single time I've lost a bag, uh, it, with the exception of the one time I flew Delta um, and lost my bag. So I, I would say probably six or seven times. And throughout multiple airlines? Um, yeah, traditionally through United, but definitely I've lost one on Alaska and then one on uh, Delta as well. Okay. And why didn't Delta let you negotiate? You know, I, I am unsure. Um, and frankly, I'm still unhappy. Uh, just simply because, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it, they made a, a mistake. They lost my luggage. And as such, you know, I expect, especially after such good experiences in working with United, I expect that they will right the wrong. And they just weren't even willing to discuss the option with me. That's crazy. And that doesn't look good on them. No, not at all. And, and you know, I'm fairly basically outspoken um, about my experiences with mm -hmm. Delta. Yeah. Oh, no, it matters. And people want to know, you know, Absolutely. I mean, that's why I said right away, which airline was it that that took seven days to get it to you, you know, and, yep. you know, because I mean, it, I mean, I was also going to ask you if there are airlines that are, you know, are there any airlines that are like the worst for losing your luggage? Like if it happens over and over, because in my experience, I, I the same as you, I fly almost exclusively with United or at least whenever I get the um, chance to book the flight, you know, but, um, I have only lost my luggage on American and it takes days every time. And yeah. it's been with American every time. So what do you think about that? You know, I, like I said, I don't have much experience when it comes to American. Um, but mm -hmm. I, I know there's definitely airlines that are worse at certain aspects. Um, and, and in the end, it's always the fault of the airline for losing your luggage it doesn't matter um, how long your you know ground stay is. Like their job is to get both you there safely and to get your your basically luggage there safely. Yeah, and definitely. And so if they aren't doing their job, they they deserve um, to basically compensate you for for where they fell through. Um, and so yeah, I don't you know like I said, I, I fly United almost exclusively, so I don't have a ton of experience um, when it comes to American. But mm -hmm. I know in every area, there's definitely, you know, basically falling shorts um, of each one. I, I will say I've had more 
flights that have been canceled when flying on Delta. Um, one day I sat in Salt Lake City for, for literally 12 hours, Ugh. and I had seven flights in a row to a major hub airport canceled. That's um, crazy. And so it's one of those that, you know, I think every airline has its its basically shortfalls. Yeah. But the the real reason I fly United is because they're always willing to right that wrong. Yeah. And that's a really good thing to note. I mean, customer service is really important. I guess it probably really does not matter because like you said, they all have their shortfalls in other in, in different areas, but they also are all, I mean, we're all human, like everyone's prone to make mistakes. And so you probably can't pin it on one airline that's, that would be the worst. Um, but knowing that United is the best at helping is great. And I mean, I, I mean, American didn't even try. They didn't say anything because I would have been all about that probably if I wasn't so jet lagged and like mm-hmm. sick, you know. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, but this is great that we're talking about what to do just in case because now everyone's going to know what to do when this does happen. And so Definitely. that's what I love. I really wish that I had known about this before. That was like in 2009. It was so long ago. And yeah. I mean, yeah, things change, but. Um, Absolutely. But I mean, I'll tell you, I mean, I, I lost bags in 2009, 10, you know, and it's one of those that you're, you're never immune to it. Um, and, and it's simply because we're relying on humans, you know, and even if yeah. we're relying on machines, it's still probably going to happen. But it's a matter of that airline stepping up and saying, hey, we messed up and we'd like to make it better. Yeah. So what do you have any tricks up your sleeve for not losing for, 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 you know, I mean, obviously you can carry on and then you're in uh, control of your own stuff. But I mean, yeah. do you have any tricks for, um, well, you know, so that the airline won't lose your luggage? Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you, I lost my luggage more when I was not a premier member mm-hmm. than when I was. Um, when I was a premier member, I lost my bags much, much less often. And one of the reasons is that they put that nice sticker on it. The priority. That says, yeah. Priority. You know, you, that is a priority customer. And so that was really important. And even if it's not, even if it's not like the priority baggage sticker or, you know, the, even if it's not from the airline, having some major color basically that just pops, um, I think makes it easier to just see your bag and then less likely to to lose it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I have started going almost entirely in carry on. Um, Just because, you know, when I get to, you know, China, I need to be on the ground and I need to be going within a couple hours. I don't have six days to wait for my bag um, because usually by six days I'll be in a different city. Yeah. So, you know, carry on. I I really do advocate minimalize what you need to take. Um, My last trip for 30 days, I took three basically pairs of shorts, a pair of jeans, three shirts, you know, undergarments and uh, and then all the stuff to make coffee. Um, yeah. and aside from that, I, I didn't need a whole lot. You know, you can buy a bar of soap in China. You can buy a toothbrush there. You can almost everywhere. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, why not A, support their local economy, but B, not have to carry it, you know, on the plane. Yep. Um, yep. And yeah, little I, like bottles of shampoo and stuff. You can get that there and not worry about liquids. 
Absolutely. And chances are you're staying at a hotel or a hostel and they're going to have that there for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it really expedites your time in in the security line as well. Oh, yeah. Being able to set your bag down and not have to think, oh, do I have shampoo in the bottom? (laughs) You know, it really it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, I am definitely a fan of packing light. I should have you do a a guest post for packing for males for me. (laughs) Absolutely. I'd love to. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So. I also, I think, so on the note about the premier member, mm-hmm. because I have status with United because I earned it, but I mm-hmm. also have status because I have the credit card. And so if you're wondering a way to get the premier access, I'm pretty sure you can get it with the credit card. Does that ring a bell for you? You know, yeah, what it does is it provides you, um, I, I want to say two bags. It's not true status. Um, but what it does is it provides you um, it provides you two, I believe, one or two complimentary bags. And uh, it's definitely a, a good thing, we'll say. So it provides two free bags, and then it's also early boarding, mm-hmm. which is a, a pretty integral part of what you get with Premier Status. Do um, you... What it doesn't provide is upgrades. Right. And that's what's nice about having full-blown status Okay, is right. that especially flying out of small airports, I consider Bozeman one of those, mm-hmm. um, your your chances of getting upgraded at least to the next major hub is relatively high. Yeah. No, actually, the last f- several flights that I've just completed over the last few weeks, we were... We got upgraded to first class on the way to Denver, my husband and I both, you know, and I was upgraded to um, at least economy plus, which, mm-hmm. you know, it's better than than nothing. You know, um, that six inches of leg room yeah. is a lifesaver. Yeah. And I got upgraded to economy plus the entire way back from from Florida, which was like three flights, which was really nice. So. Yeah. But um, I guess that's a that's kind of a different subject because you have to earn that one. But do you know with the um, when you have the credit card with the priority boarding, et cetera, will they put that priority sticker on your bag? You know, I'm unsure. Um, That's a maybe, I guess. Yeah, I'd say that's a solid maybe because I get it with the status. So I don't know the difference. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, that could be a way to get it possibly um, if you guys are wondering how you can possibly get it if you don't have a lot of miles, you know, um, or if you don't fly a lot. Look into the credit cards for the airlines that you fly often and see if they'll provide that priority sticker for you because they won't lose your luggage if you have that priority tag. I mean, at least that's my impression is that they they care extra for those bags. They do. Yeah. And basically, even if it's, you know, if it is because you're a cardholder or it's because you fly so much, they really do take that extra time to make sure that your luggage gets there. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the same is with basically your call center. Um, the, the premier line is, in my opinion, the greatest thing that's ever happened with United. You talk to, you know, a great lady named, you know, Charisse in, uh, in South Carolina, and she is really caring to make sure that you get your bag. Um, right. And then, you know, say you, you miss a connection, they are doubly trying to get you on the next plane, whether it's a United plane or, or they have to pay for, you know, what it's basically a code share. They're willing to go the extra mile because you take the extra mile and only fly, you know, one airline or, um, you know, one alliance. Yeah. And on that note, so you're suggesting no matter what your issue is, it's better to call? 
Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes what they'll do is they'll be like, oh, you need to fill out a form online. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll tell you, my experiences with the online submissions have not been good um, on any airline. And so I always, you know, yes, submit it to make them happy, but then get on the phone and call. Because it's the only way you're going to get their constant attention um, is to call. Okay, this is such good advice. And and I mean, I think it's pretty basic in that when you're working with people, people naturally want to help other people. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so, you know, I've never had someone be, you know, treat me as if I wasn't worth the time on the phone. Um, you know, whereas getting an email, you're going into an inbox and we all know how long we can sit in inboxes. Yeah, exactly. So there is one more uh, tip that I'm going to add here, which I think is kind of crazy. But have you heard of Tim Ferriss, Timothy Ferriss, the four hour work week? I, I have a little bit, but I don't know much about it. Frankly. Okay. So he also wrote a book called The Four Hour Chef, which I definitely recommend um, anyway. It has nothing to do with this, really. But he does share a tip in it that's... Um, <laughs> It's something I've never thought of before, but he said it's the surefire way to make sure your bag arrives every single time. He said he's been using it for years and it's never failed him. And um, what it is, is there is a specific type of firearm that you're allowed to check into your bag and they're like not expensive. I don't know what kind of gun it is. Like it might not, it might be even airsoft or I'm not sure, but whatever it is, you have to declare it. Um, yeah. even though it's not considered like a, it must not have real ammo or something. I'm, I'm yeah. maybe messing up the facts a little bit here, but it's definitely in this book and you can look it up if you want. But, um, but he said, because you have to declare it and because yeah. it's listed as like a, a weapon or something, um, the authorities like keep extra care. Like they keep track of your bag because they know what's in it. And so he, yeah. So he just packs this, like it's like a fake gun of some sort. Maybe I don't even remember what kind I should have looked it up before I mentioned this, but, um, (laughs) but he packs it in his bag and it gets there every time he said it's never failed him. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. So yeah, that's dedication right there. Sometimes I'd rather just take the vouchers. Oh man, the vouchers so they sound amazing. And also, if you're if you're worried about your bag getting lost, like if you already know ahead of time that you have a short connection and that there's a possibility um, that you, that your bag might not make it, if I mean if you're barely gonna make it, um, and in that case, I would say go prepared with your carry on. You know, pack an extra change of clothes in yeah. your carry on just so you have that to get you started, just in case. Absolutely. Um, well, you know what they say about Delta, don't expect luggage to arrive. Oh, gosh. And, uh, and that, you know, I, I would say that in many cases, you know, always have a carry on that has your basic essentials. Um, because then no matter what happens, you always at least have a change of clothes, you know, you always at least have your toothbrush or whatever you need. You know, you can buy a toothbrush anywhere, but anything you consider essential, carry it with you. Um, exactly. Because, you know, the the lost luggage happens whenever it's least convenient, I've found. And so you always want to make sure you are ready and prepared, regardless of if your luggage makes it with you. Yeah. And, you know, one more thing to add on top of that. Um, this is what I learned from the time that my bag got left in Denver, because that was my f- I think that that was my first layover on that long trip to Italy from the West Coast. And 
what had happened was I think that they mistagged it. And so every single time I check a bag from now on, I will make them stop and show me the tag before they put it on the little belt and make sure that it has your actual final destination and not like just one of your layovers on there. Um, Because at least then it's correct in the system for the first step. Yeah. And you know, one thing I would add, and I just remembered this from, uh, from another time I was flying with a, which is kind of a, a backpack, you know, the traveler's backpack. And, uh, it ended up getting stuck in the conveyor belt. Um, and so I went without my bag for maybe three days. And the reason it got stuck was because I hadn't either taped down mm-hmm. my act- actual kind of the backpack straps. And so if you have any straps, make sure they're taped down to where they won't get caught on something. Um, it's actually a great point. It, you know, and it's something that, you know, I, I would have thought, oh, man, that's easy to think about. But I didn't. Right. Actually, that's a yeah, I do that every single time. And one of the ways you can do that with a travel backpack is um, that that bottom strap that's the big one that goes around your waist. You can wrap that the wrong direction around the entire pack so that it fits snug and isn't, you know, sticking out. And then definitely any of the extra straps, just tuck them in, you know, make make sure everything is pulled tight and then tuck in all those loose straps so that you don't. That's crazy that that actually happened to you. Yeah. And, and it's one of those I would have never thought, you know, to, to strap those down. But yeah, I did get it got stuck in a conveyor belt in good old Des Moines, Iowa. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, when I was in San Francisco uh, and my bag was in Iowa, yeah. it was uh, and it took a while for them to find it. You know, it wasn't a one day fix. It was a it was a several day adventure. And in the end, I mean, it was my fault. Yet United still provided a, a voucher because it took them too long. That's nice. Yeah. Did do you, did they actually have to like crawl into the conveyor belt and find it? Like they did. Oh, I guess that's they had crazy. to shut it down. <gasps> you know, the yeah. major conveyor belt they had to shut it down for like an hour to get it. Wow. I felt so bad for the guy. His name was Steve. So shout out to Steve in uh, in Des Moines. But oh, it cool. was uh, it, the poor guy. I mean, yeah, <laughs> had to crawl in there and get it himself. Oh man. Well, okay. You guys heard it first. That actually happens. So strap down your. <laughs> your straps, tape down your straps. (laughs) So moving on from the losing the luggage part of things, what about, do you have any experience with getting bumped from flights or, you know, because I know that there's negotiations involved with that too. So do you know about that? Absolutely. That's, (laughs) you know, it's one of the things and it sounds kind of strange, but I always prefer to be bumped unless I have something big going on mm-hmm. um, because I because I work remotely, I can work anywhere. And so, you know, whether I'm sitting in Denver in a nice airport that they put me up in or in Bozeman, unless I have a meeting, it makes no difference. And so I'm usually definitely looking to get bumped because you either get cash vouchers, um, they'll usually put you up in a hotel. It's a good deal. Mm hmm. The last time that I just flew out of Bozeman, actually, they had overbooked the flight and uh, they started by offering 400. This is United. Mm -hmm. And they started by offering $400 to um, whoever would, you know, take to get bumped. They needed like multiple people. And after a few minutes, apparently nobody went up to the desk Mm -hmm. because they came back on the intercom 
with like this desperate voice and said, okay, guys, we're offering $500, you know, we're yeah. just, everyone's like, oh my gosh. And we're just thinking if, if only, you know, like there's always, Absolutely. there's, there has to be some reason why we can't take this. And, you know, there was for me as well, but, oh, that would have been so nice to just, yeah, I'll take the $500. I mean. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and, you know, and that's one thing I, I would definitely mention is that, um, definitely watch if someone else looks like they're going up, um, then make sure you get on the list, you know, because if you, if you have a flexible schedule, um, it's, it's awesome. I mean, you more or less get your flight paid for, mm-hmm. um, by simply offering to go a little later. Sometimes it's even the same day. And right. so, um, I, I would watch and see if anyone else is going up, try to be the first or second to sign up. Um, but if no one else is going up, hold out a little bit and, you know, it may cause a little stress to where that number goes from two or 300 to, you know, four or 500. Um, and uh, you know, a lot of times if they're desperate, they'll put you up in a hotel that night. They'll give you meal vouchers. They're willing to make it work. Um, because otherwise they have to forcefully do that. If they're overbooked, someone's Mm -hmm. not getting on the airplane and that's whether they want to or not. So it's either they have poor customer service or they have great customer service at the end of the day. You know, the the situation's occurring. You might as well make the best of it and get the best deal out of it. And what should you get out of it? Because if they're like just this last example I just said, if they're offering $500 vouchers and I went up and said, I'll do it. I'll take the $500 voucher. Mm -hmm. Should I stop there and say, but I need a hotel voucher and I need meal vouchers. I mean, in this case, I was in my hometown. So technically Mm -hmm. that's not true. But where do the like, where should we take the negotiations from there? Well, I mean, first and foremost, yeah, if, if you're in a town that is unlike your own, make that request. And I'll tell you, I mean, I've slept in an airport or two that can't always fulfill it, but they will usually try their best. So they, you know, they aren't basically responsible as to what they give away. It's not like it's coming out of their paycheck. And so it's a matter of they're usually pretty willing to negotiate with you if it means that, you know, they're going to be able to basically accomplish the task of, of, you know, dwindling down 76 to 75 or whatever they need to reach. And so they're usually pretty willing to work with you. And so just make the request, you know, be one thing I, I always encourage when it comes to working with the airlines, be friendly. You might be stressed out, but they are too, because it's not their fault. It's not the agent's fault that they overbooked. Mm-hmm. You know, they are simply trying to make your experience better. And so, you know, I would definitely request that if you, if it's needed, definitely request it. Um, and then, you know... Sometimes it's all about making sure they know, look, this is an inconvenience, but I'm willing to be inconvenienced. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a hesitant yes, not an excited yes. Um, never be too chipper about losing your losing your seat. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Because, because then they're going to be like, well, he doesn't care. We'll give him 300 bucks and he'll be happy. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes I don't want to say over exaggerate the significance, but in a way you have to. You have to say, like, this is inconvenient, but out of the inconvenience, I appreciate what you're willing to do. Mm-hmm. That's so. kind of really important. Yeah. Wow. This is awesome. I kind of can't believe. This. Yeah. I kind of can't believe I haven't had this conversation with someone like ever, you know, in all of yeah. my travels. I've never really looked into how I should 
go about negotiating with airlines when things happen like this. And I think this is really like important. And it's like basic knowledge that everyone should know because we all travel, whether it's international or home for Christmas, like we all travel. So exactly. You you know, one thing I will mention, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of your, you know, what we would consider budget airlines are less willing to do any of this. Um, because it's not necessarily when people are looking for the lowest airline price, a lot of times they're willing to basically give up some of the customer service. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's one reason why I always encourage people, you know, fly major airlines when you can and really try to build up status with one airline. Um, or if not one airline, at least one basically alliance, Because once you've built up that reputation that, look, even if bad things happen, even if you lose my luggage or I get bumped, um, I'm still going to fly because I know you'll take care of me. Right. Um, And so, you know, I there will be flights, you know, even this year that I look not just for the cheapest flight, but I look for the most cost effective flight on United or on another member basically of the star Alliance. Right. Because, you know, when, when you're flying on, on, you know, whether it be air China or any of the other, you know, airlines, like if you are someone that they see flies them often or flies their friends often, I usually consider it like, you know, they're just friends with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when you're flying them often, they want to take care of you because they know next time you're going to give their business to them as well. Right. And so rather than hopping from airline to airline, and I mean, you can get some good deals on Expedia or cheap tickets and, and they're great, but I usually use those as research. So I see what the going price is. And then I go back to, you know, my traditional airline or some of its, you know, some of its alliance members. And I look for the best one within the alliance. Um, because those come up, you know, when they see that I've flown, you know, 40,000 miles with them in a year, they're going to make sure they take good care of me. If they see I've flown there 600 miles in the past five years, you know, they don't expect you to come back. Mm-hmm. They expect you to hop to the next cheapest flight, wherever that, you know, may be. And so, you know, trying to really build up alliance and, and basically that, that, um, kind of allegiance to one airline like it's great for everyone Mm -hmm. it's great for them because they they know they can count on you and then it's great for you because when things go wrong they're willing to go to bat for you yes i love that you just said a bunch of things that i wanted to touch on one of them the fact that you use expedia and uh kayak etc for research is exactly one of the tips that i that I like to tell and then, you know, book your flight through the airline directly once Absolutely. you find, you know, I mean, because usually you can even find an entire flight from kayak or something and it's United the whole way. So why would you Absolutely. book on kayak? Go back to United. And yeah. um, I did um, a podcast episode. I think it was episode 11. I'll link to that because uh, for everybody listening, because that's where I share my secrets to <laughs> booking the cheapest flight out there. I've actually gotten so much feedback on that episode alone of people saying, hey, I saved on my flight. Thanks to this. You know, I'm like, this mm-hmm. is awesome. We all need to take advantage of the system you know, but, um, the other thing that you, I, you said, I, I, uh, I have a question about, um, when say for example, you're on a United flight that sends you on Lufthansa, um, Mm -hmm. once you get overseas and Lufthansa does something, 
Would you mm-hmm. call Lufthansa or would you call your United line still? You know what I mean? If they are working through Lufthansa, call United because that's your code share. You are technically flying on a United seat okay. and they are code sharing with Lufthansa. So if you booked it with United, get a hold of United. And especially because they're the ones who's actually receiving the money for your flight. Okay. And then code shares, it's kind of, you know, it's like letting someone use your car, right? You let someone use it and then like they let you use theirs, you know, down the road. And so, you know, it's a good way to fill seats. But in the end, United or whoever the airline you're flying with, they're the person you're giving your money to. And so call them first. And then if they're not doing anything, that's when you get a hold of Lufthansa. That's where you kind of right that wrong with that airline. Yeah, perfect. This is so great. I feel so prepared. <laughs> like if this are if this is going to happen again to me, it's just pick up a phone, get in touch Absolutely. with somebody. Yeah, get a hold of someone and and you know, like I said, make sure they know that it's an inconvenience because it is. You know, not having, you know, an extra pair of underwear is really inconvenient. Oh yeah. Gross it many times. <laughs> so it's one of those that make sure they know how inconvenient it is, yeah. but also say I'm willing to work with you and this isn't the end of our business together. Like never threaten that, oh, I'll never fly United again, because then they have no reason to really make it right. Right. They have a reason to make it right if they know that you're going to, you know, if you're going to help them out. Mm -hmm. And that makes perfect sense. Well, this has been awesome. Do you have anything else to add or is there anything else you wanted to say about any of this? You know, not about that, but I would just say, you know, get out, explore. And, and, you know, again, if you do lose your bag, like it's not the end of the world. It's inconvenient, but it's not the end of the world. And (laughs) just make sure that you're kind to the representatives. I mean, I've had some really go to bat for me. And if I would have been rude, I can't imagine they would have done the same. Mm -hmm. Be friendly, be kind, be compassionate because they're in they're in an equally bad situation because they didn't make the problem, but they have to fix it. Mm -hmm. And so be nice to your uh, be nice to your flight attendants and be nice to your agents. That's great advice. Well, thank you so much. Um, I wanted to give you an opportunity to share your website just in case anybody wants to look into what you're doing um, with the china and coffee and all the cool things you have going on absolutely you can definitely check it out you can go to goodworksorphancare.org or if you're interested in coffee or tea go to drinkgoodworks.com awesome cool well sam thank you again so much and um yeah i guess happy travels and uh we'll uh We'll be sharing some stuff, hopefully, in the comments section on the show notes page about stories and successes from all your advice. So thank you so much. Absolutely. And I'll be sure to uh, chime in on comments. If, uh, if anyone has questions, feel free to let me know. Wonderful. And I'll do my best to chime in. Awesome. That's great. We appreciate that. All right. Absolutely. We'll chat with you soon, okay? Yep. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. All right. I just loved that interview. I really learned a lot. And like I said, I couldn't believe that I haven't had this conversation with someone before. But um, now you all have had it too. And so we can all be prepared going forward to, you know, keep track of our bags or at least know what to do when they do get lost. And I did want to bring up the fact that I looked up 
the advice by Tim Ferriss that I had mentioned about how he brings a firearm in his checked luggage. And someone actually did an interview with him about it. So I am going to link to that on the show notes page. Um, but yeah, it clarifies it. And it's a starter pistol that he brings. He says they're cheap and you they don't use bullets and you can get them on Amazon or in sporting goods stores. And then you just declare them and you have to use a specific TSA lock, but that the airline keeps track of your bag. So that's what that's all about. And I'm going to link to it in the show notes page so you can see all of the, you know, the regulations around that if that is interesting to you. So you can find that and other information, um, tips and advice, things from this episode on the show notes page at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash 33. And in the meantime, Happy New Year again to everybody. I hope that you've made some good travel resolutions for 2015 and that you can actually make those happen this year. And I actually just on my Facebook page, if you're part of my Facebook page, I just posed the question, um, what are your travel goals for 2015? And we had so many awesome responses. So good for you guys. I'm so excited for all of your travels for this year. And if you haven't liked me on Facebook yet, head on over to the Budget Minded Traveler on Facebook and join the conversation there. So that's it for today. Thanks, you guys, so much for tuning in wherever you are across the world. And um, I'll talk to you guys again soon. Mm -hmm.